The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning and welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. This is Kate, and you know, at the Nebo Company, we're always thinking about what the future will look like and what the future of leadership will look like. That means getting to know future generations and how they will impact the organizations where we work. Yes, I'm talking again about the millennials, the people born between 1980 and the mid-1990s who are becoming a larger and larger part of our workforce. Here with me today to co-host today's conversation is Nebo's resident millennial expert, a member of the generation herself, Rachel Wold. Hi, Rachel. You know, there are many different views out there about the millennials' attitudes about career and workplace. Some people describe the millennials as lazy or entitled. And in fact, we've discovered that some millennials even consider themselves to be um, lazy. But then there are those who think we all need to calm down and take a deep breath and remember that younger generations have been changing the landscape and sometimes irrigating irritating older colleagues, not irrigating, but irritating older colleagues in the workplace since the beginning of time. In fact, it's sometimes useful to just take a step back and think, how much of this is just generational, um, normal generational tension? How much of this is very attributable to this unique generation, this large generation we're calling the millennials? I'm happy to say that today we don't have to speculate about what millennials may think about work. We're going to actually look at some hard, cold data, courtesy of today's guest, Anne Donovan. Anne has a lot of expertise on how millennials see their relationships to the workplace and the best strategies for managing this new generation of employees. Good morning, Anne, and welcome to the show. Good morning, Kate and Rachel. Thanks for having me. So glad that you're here. And for those listening, I want you to know that Anne is the U.S. and West Cluster Transformation Leader at for Human Capital at PricewaterhouseCoopers, or PwC for short, which is one of the world's largest and most prestigious professional services firms. In her role at PwC, Anne drives innovative solutions to issues affecting leader, team, and organizational effectiveness. She anticipates market trends and prepares for the people-related implications of those trends, leading change at PwC from start to finish. Anne was responsible for PwC's major global intergenerational study on how millennials view and impact the workplace. We're going to discuss today what Anne knows about the millennials at work and what you need to know in order to manage people from this generation effectively and with the benefit of this understanding. Rachel and I are going to be trading segments, so we'll each get to ask Anne some great questions. And we're going to kick off this morning with just a little bit of background from you, Anne. Could you just tell us about your, uh, I guess, a little bit of your professional history and, and how long you've been with PwC and 
you know, to help our listeners know um, the, the knowledge base from which you're speaking today? Well, Kate, you're going to go to age first, I guess. So I've been with PwC for 30 years, uh, and I'd like to think I started when I was 12, but that's just not true. So uh, I'm one of those rare birds who has uh, stuck with a firm for that many years. Um, but I did start with PwC on the client service side, so I am an accountant by trade. I, I spent time in, the, in both the um, on the audit staff as well as the tax side of the house. So it has really helped me at PwC. I've spent 25 of my 30 years now focused on our internal PwC operations. And so the way I like to think that think of that is that PwC is my only client now. And I spend all my time thinking about PwC's business, our people, you know, where we're going, that kind of thing. So um, so I've got, you know, I've got a good background on the client service side, but mostly I've spent my time focusing internally on PwC's, on where we're headed. So it sounds like, Anne, you have a wealth of experience and a deep knowledge of the firm itself and how it operates. What does it mean to be a transformation leader for human capital? <laughs> I think it sounds very Harry Potter-ish, actually. <laughs> it <does. laughs> um, my, it's, it's a great, luxurious job, and I'm thrilled to have it. I've had it for about three years now. I get to step out of operations, step out of sort of worry about the, the day-to-day business, and I get to think about the future. Um, and where are we going as a business? Where are we going certainly in the industry? Um, and then what does that mean for our people? So I do get to pull out a little bit of a crystal ball. Um, I wish I had one, by the way, and take a look at um, just at trends and where we're headed, which is, of course, how we ended up with all this look on millennials, um, to make sure that we're ready to get there as a business. Well, it sounds like a wonderful job, it and is. Uh, you know, like being a sort of an in-house futurist for the business, and <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> what a great thing. Well, um, tell us more about what drove PwC to conduct the Next Gen study. Yeah, so you, the way you described it, Kate, was, was good. It was we needed some cold, hard data. Um, being in the business we're in, we love data, and maybe seven-ish years ago, um, I started noticing, we started noticing a change in our people and uh, a change in attitudes. And I started hearing a lot of comments about kids these days, you know, that, that famous um, line that we've used mm-hmm. probably for four generations, as you said. Um, but in order for really a firm like ours, and I think almost any business, to, to make a change, to make a bold change, you need the facts. So what led us to think about, you know, how can we convince 200,000 people around the world to make a change, 40,000 in the U.S., let's get some cold, hard data behind it. So that was what really launched us. We had no intention of launching, you know, the largest ever generational study. We had an intention really of getting as many facts as we could behind what we surmised um, so that we could change ourselves as a firm. So it sounds like, um, you know, I, I, my, another time in my life was in a consulting firm as well, and I know the great benefit and the, the instinct to go for data <laughs> in order to understand what's really going on. Um, and tell us a bit more, Anne, about how this study was actually conducted and the kinds of things that you looked at. Yeah, so I went to, we've done quite a bit of work with the University of Southern California, um, PwC has. So I went back to, to our old friends there, 
who know us well, um, who are excellent researchers at the, the Center for Effective Organizations. I also went to, we also went to London Business School because we didn't want it to be a U.S.-centric um, study. And Linda Gratton at, at London Business School uh, was part of the study as well. And what we took a look at globally was really there were three pieces to the pie as far as the research went. There was the survey, which is, of course, always part of it. And that was how we got to, we ended up, uh, getting responses from 40,000-plus people um, around the world. We also did interviews, live, uh, either you know on-the-ground interviews in six different territories uh, or phone, live groups, and as well as individual interviews. And then we also did a jam session, which I will admit to, to the two of you, since it's just us here, mm-hmm. that I didn't know what a jam session was. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. as it turns out, it's a very common, uh, you know, social media um, event, and we did a 72-hour jam uh, that involved millennials from around the world, and then we had 45 leaders from PwC, including our global chairman, Dennis Nally, join the discussion. So, that was really the three sort of legs of the stool, um, and we touched, and, and we surveyed all different generations, by the way, so that we were able to compare generations to each other. So it wasn't just going after millennials. Um, And that was really the basis of how it was conducted. I'm sure our researchers would have much more uh, detail about, you know, the methodology, et cetera, but that's in layman's terms how we we went about it. How long did it take, Anne, to do this project? Uh, Felt like forever. I think it probably took... uh, actual, you know, start to do the survey, finish, we were in it probably six or seven months uh, going after all of those things I mentioned. What a what an experience. And so you, you actually, I, I remember from uh, the presentation that I saw you do that you did interview other generations as well. And I'm curious, as you, um, as you completed the study, was it clear the delineations from one generation to the next? Could you really see the differences? Well, that was the exciting part. So um, when we started, you know, our, our industry, our firm is, um, is a traditional in being a bit hierarchical, right? So you sort of move through the ranks, mm-hmm. um, you know, as you move up. And, and, of course, you get older as you move up. So, you know, not a big surprise. And so when we started looking at the at the findings, at first, it was a little hard to delineate between, well, gee, what does a new associate think versus what does a manager think? And is that because they're an associate or a manager or is that because they're in different generations? We were then able to, our researchers were able to control for that staff level. And, and the reason that I'm so excited about it, I'm pr- probably a little bit dorky here, in that we were able to lay next to each other, sit next to each other, let's say a manager, just for argument's sake, mm-hmm. one from Gen Y and one from Gen X. And that's where we really did come up with differences in how the two generations view um, sort of what drives their satisfaction. Um, the, the Gen X, okay, were much more concerned with what I like to call, what we like to call transactional needs. So how much control do I have over my own destiny, my own work? What kind of opportunity are you giving me? Mm-hmm. And am I satisfied with how much you're paying me? So it was, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Gen X out there, but it was all about me, right? Mm-hmm. How is this all affecting me? Mm-hmm. Millennials sitting side by side, same job, were much more interested in 
the social aspect of how it all feels. So how does my team work together? Right? How much do I feel you're supporting me? How much do you appreciate me? How, you know, how, what's the feeling on the team? And the big word, flexibility. I, I like to say that's the F word, but that's probably not appropriate. But it's flexibility. <laughs> how much flexibility do we have in this environment, this work environment you've created? So really a delineation between Gen X and Gen Y. And, and Kate, the big deal was guess who's supervising Gen Y? Gen X. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, a gap, a clear gap in how the supervisors of people want to work and, and how and the, in the environment that their staff want created. So that was I, the biggest aha for me. That is a big one. I'm a Gen Xer myself, so I'm taking in what you're saying from a Gen X <laughs> point of view. <laughs> but... I think that, you know, it's. I remember maybe even five or six years ago attending a conference where I went to presentations about the different generations. And I remember at the time, a lot of these distinctions were kind of being drawn out. And um, it was clear that this generational change is very, very important and very important in the workplace, very important to the future. And at the same time, it seemed almost like the march of life, you know, over decades, things change and, you know, new generations shaped by their historical context see the world differently. But something really stands out to me about the moment that we're in. And those two things, and we're going to take a break in just a second, but the two things that that come to my mind immediately are the size of this generation, the largest generation, and also the influence of new technologies on how this generation fulfills everything from social relationships to work to um, to their the, the, their way of influencing um, other generations and really the world and so these the, it's just a it's a it's a massive change and and um, you know I'm gonna gonna just let you comment on that before we take the break any quick thoughts it, it's exactly correct it's the perfect storm or the perfect you know marriage whatever you want to call it depending on what side you're on probably um, yeah, of size, right? The the millennials have size on their side, and technology, exactly. And and that's what that's what beca- started becoming evident to us was I think that's the difference because certainly in your Gen X and Rachel's Gen Y and I'm a baby boomer. Um, certainly, when baby boomers were coming up and protesting war and doing all the things we did to disrupt things, um, it mattered that we had size on our side. But we didn't have this huge technology shift, and I think that's what millennials have on their side that that will uh, change things no matter what. So I'll let you go to break, and we'll we'll come back to this. Absolutely, we're going to take that break. This is Kate Ebner, my co-host today, who will pick up on after our break is Rachel Wald of the Nebo Company, and our guest today, Ann Donovan of Pricewaterhouse Coopers. We'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. 
We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Good morning, and welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. This is your guest host, Rachel Wold, uh, and Kate Ebner and I today are speaking with Anne Donovan on the show. Anne is a transformation leader in the area of human capital for the U.S. and West region of the professional services firm PricewaterhouseCoopers, and as she was telling Kate in the last segment, that means that she gets to think about the future and what that future will mean for their employees, and we're very excited to be able to talk to her today about a study that PwC did in conjunction with USC and the London Business School last year that studied the values and attitudes towards the workplace across different generations of the firm's employees. The study is called the Next Gen Study, and while it surveyed people of all ages, uh, what we're really excited to talk to Anne today about is what it means for millennial engagement at work, what drives millennial satisfaction at work. And uh, as Kate mentioned, I confess I have a personal interest in this topic. I am a millennial and I have a job. So, <laughs> Anne, <laughs> let's start it's off. It's all um, about you, Rachel. It's all about me. <laughs> I thought that was the Gen Xers. It's um, true, but uh, we'll make it about you right now, all right? Thanks. So, Anne, what were some of the key headline findings from the study? Well, as I, as I mentioned, and, and I, I don't want people to discount this, and by the way, Rachel, I assume we're going to make the study available on your site, so there is an externally uh, prepared study for all of you to see, and it's you know for the taking, so we really want yeah. to make this available for everyone. But mm-hmm. What we'll do is we'll definitely share it in our weekly newsletter, which is called uh, Visionary Leader, and you can sign up for that newsletter at nebocompany.com. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, it's that difference between what's important to to Gen X, and and I I don't mean to leave baby boomers out, and I'll I'll go into that in a second. But mm-hmm. but Gen X is the majority now of 
supervisors out there. And so, you know, when you, when you are a Gen X and you're worried about, you sort of have this attitude, Kate, sorry, but, you know, leave me alone, I got this, right? So I'm, I'm in charge, I'm in control, I've got this figured out, and I feel comfortable because I'm, my company is giving me, you know, all the opportunities I need and I'm being paid appropriately, okay? So mm-hmm. my world is fine. But your, your Gen Y folks are saying, yeah, but what does the environment feel like? So I don't want to be left alone, actually. I, I want this to be, uh, I, I, want to, I want to feel like our team is working well together. I want to feel supervisor, Gen X supervisor, that you do support me and that you care about me. And, and so actually one of the things we tested in the study was, so this whole concept of helicopter parenting, right? right. And millennials have been helicopter parented. That's, that's the theory out there. Our parent, the, the parents, and by the way, I hate to tell you, I am one of those helicopter parents <laughs> who knows everything that's going on with their kids all the time, right? And we overscheduled them to death since age whatever, five. So if that's what these millennials grew up with, if that's what you grew up with, Rachel, and I can't speak to you directly, <laughs> but when you get to work, to then walk into an environment where, hey, you're on your own, kid, sink or swim, that doesn't fly. Mm-hmm. And so we have to think about it in those terms. And, and also then this big word that I brought up earlier, which is my favorite topic, is flexibility. Millennials don't understand and really shouldn't understand, shouldn't you know, think that you have to work in the same old way we've worked before. Because with technology, as Kate brought up, it's just not necessary. It's an old-fashioned way to think. Us. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's really, I think, you know, I actually have it on a slide. I, call, I like to call it my money slide because just the differences between those two groups, if we could just focus on that, I think we'd come a long way in closing the gap. Mm-hmm. So what you've just laid out for us is that um, people of Gen X are the majority of supervisors or managers um, in today's workforce. And then underneath them, we have these Gen Y or the millennials coming in. Um, and whereas Gen X is thinking along the lines of, all right, I got this, I'm capable, let's get the work done. Um, Gen Y is saying, wait, wait, wait a minute, I really care what the work environment feels like. Exactly. Um, And they're coming from this background of helicopter parenting, and so they're not used to um, not being supervised. Um, And supported. Not only supervised. Because they don't necessarily want to be told what to do. (laughs) They want to know they're supported. You want to know you're supported. Mm-hmm. And so in your own experience, um, either before or after you learned this from the, from the study, um, have you seen that this generational differences have caused any tension in the work environment? Oh, yeah, lots of tension. Um, I spend a lot of time listening to Gen X, listening to baby boomers actually too, um, and, and empathizing with them. But again, from a size perspective, my response is, I, I understand how you feel, but if this is who you have working for you, and this is, what, this is where the data is really important, and if this is how they feel in general, then what's your choice? Your choice is, I, I get how you feel, I'm sorry, I've felt the same way before, mm-hmm. but you have to be a good, a good leader, and to be a good leader, you have to understand your people. And to understand your people, and that's what I think this study helps us do, you have to adjust the environment 
to get the most engagement out of your people. That's the key. Mm. So how are the millennials, you know, desire, our desire for greater flexibility, um, how is that impacting the workplace? Have, have you at PwC made any changes since the study came out on this topic? My favorite topic, Rachel. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yes, we have. We have a huge push on flexibility, and I think, you know, all businesses need to pay attention to this. Um, I, for one, am doing this interview uh, not in a suit and not in an office, I can tell uh-huh. you that. Um, <clears throat> our people, while, while we will always, in, and I'll go to PwC, we serve clients, okay? So our environment is that we are at our client site. We're, we serve sort of at the, at the, the uh, desire of our clients to meet their needs, to meet their deadlines, to, to give them, deliver the quality to them. But I think to think that that has to be in the way that it's always been, um, X hours a day at the client, you know, as I said, dressed in a suit, um, that, that's just not the way it is anymore. Our clients are finding, actually, Rachel, that they've got millennials who want to work differently as well. And so, uh, yeah, we have a huge push on trying to get our supervisors, our partners, our managers to say, you know what, while it was nice to have Susie sit next to me and to deliver the work while sitting next to me so I can watch her, that's not the way it needs to be anymore. It's not necessary. Susie can do the work sometimes sitting next to you, but sometimes in her jammies at home. Mm-hmm. And that's the way millennials want to work, and that's the way we've got to be able to structure things going forward. Thank you. So tell me, you know, how are people who are not in the millennial generation responding to this changing tide in terms of flexibility and, and how we work you know, you mentioned that you're you're not in your office right now. Of course, you're in West Coast time, but you are not in a suit either. You know, from your own experience, how are baby boomers and Gen Xers responding to this? Well, we're finding that actually baby boomers, um, I think, are relating to the millennials well. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you scientifically, and I, I don't know if our researchers are listening, so I'm going to be very scientific here, <laughs> or unscientific. I can't, I can't tell you if that's because the baby boomers have arrived, and so therefore have earned the, you know, feel like they've earned the right and the privilege to be flexible. And so they're following, you know, they're saying, hey, this isn't bad, right? It's that middle level, again, Gen X, who is, you know, who are the leaders of the troops, um, that do find it a little tougher. But I will also tell you that once we have found, once Gen X jumps in and, and tries it, and, and I'll tell you about a, 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 an actual contest we ran, Rachel, to, to actually get people to try this. Um, once they realize they, that the world does not fall apart if Susie mm-hmm. works in her jams every once in a while, then it sort of opens the door, and then then it flows easier. Um, so I'll turn it back to you, but then you tell me when you think we're ready for this. But but we have actually tried this, and we're finding it working. Yeah. So you found that you know, hey, don't knock it till you've tried it. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about the initiative that encouraged people to try more flexible styles? Okay. Cool. Thanks. So last busy season. So again, we're in a cyclical environment, and mm-hmm. parts of our business are incredibly busy during certain parts of the year. Um, We actually asked our people, our teams, to create a flexibility plan. So get together as a team, Mm -hmm. talk about it, 
put on paper what you want to try, and then hold each other to it. Sounds so simple, and actually we didn't make it any more complicated than that. It could be on the back of an envelope kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we did this last busy, last busy season. We had 1,800 teams join this contest, and it was 11,000-plus people. And we got a huge, huge Great response. And we even got a response, Rachel, that said, hey, we tried this, it didn't work, we tried that, it didn't work, but we can't wait till next business season to try it again. Because what they saw was that, again, world didn't fall apart. Mm-hmm. It worked. Susie got to go to yoga on Tuesday night at 6. She came back. By the way, we still worked till midnight. But, but it worked out okay. And Susie's happier. It was a fantastic, and we gave prizes, and we had, we had iPads, and you know who we really rewarded in this contest? We rewarded the managers, because they're the ones, again, Gen X, on the ground, leading the troops. They're the ones that made this happen. So um, great, great, great response, um, and we've just gone through our second busy season now, so we're, we're hoping to, uh, to have gotten the same results. We're looking for our stories now from our people. That's great. That's really great to hear, and you know, we're about to head into our next Break, but I just want to summarize what Anne shared. Um, each 1,800 teams created a flexibility plan during their busiest season, and the key is that they held each other accountable to the plan, and they learned through trial and error um, what measures worked and what measures didn't work best for their team, uh, and PwC actually rewarded the managers who allowed this greater flexibility for their workers, um, and it sounds like everybody's really excited to do it again, so that's great. Um, uh, we'll have more with Ann Donovan of PwC when we come back. She and Kate will talk about how the study is changing the way PwC looks at their talent and what the future holds uh, for Gen Yers, a.k.a. millennials at work. Um, this is Rachel Wold. I am co-hosting today's show with Kate Ebner, and we'll be right back with more Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. 
up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Hi, this is Kate. Thank you for tuning in to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. Today, my guest is Anne Donovan, Transformation Leader for Human Capital at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Anne is PwC's in-house expert on how the up-and-coming millennial generation are thinking about career and work and what it really means for her organization and I think for ours. We've been joined today by Nebo's in-house expert on all things millennial, Rachel Wold, who's in her mid-20s and is a member of the millennial generation. Um, I've really enjoyed enjoy Rachel's perspective, and I'm so glad she's participating as a co-host today. And in the last segment, you and Rachel discussed some of the findings of the NextGen study, and I wanted to kind of build on what you and Rachel were talking about and learn more about, okay, now that we know this, how does it change how we do business? So I want to start with um, how you recruit talent and how you approach the development of new hires from this generation. So let's just start with that. How, how about how about talent recruiting? Any changes as a result of your insights? Well, I would say from a, from a recruiting perspective, I think we're ve- we've always been very transparent about about what it's like to work in our environment. But you know, I think we have more to say now about what they want, and and I'm surmising that we spent a lot of time in the past trying to get our, um, our new hires, our, our young people, ready to work for us, right? But in today's environment, I think we get to talk about how we're getting ready to work, to work with them. I think that's the big difference here, right? So, um, you know, how we are implementing more around the flexibility front, how we do have you know, the latest technology or, or you know, that allows them to, uh, to access data that they want to access to work where they want to work, et cetera. So <clears throat> I think it's a shift in messaging that says to them, you know what, we're an organization that's getting ready for you. And I think that that's a big deal. I, I think that's a big, uh, I think as a millennial thinks, that's a good thing to hear. You know, I, I, I like how you just said that, and I think it's illuminating for many reasons. You know, one thing that I've been thinking about is, you know, it's not, it's not so much that we're needing to change our procedures as to change our, our thinking and our, our messaging. Um, you know, certainly we want to be innovative in how we, um, d- you know, hire and develop talent, but but some part, a huge part of this is what you just said, really, really adjusting your mindset from, you know, let's get them ready to work with us to let's get ready to work with them. I think that's a great insight. Um, and I know that 
PwC initiated the study because, you know, the firm wanted to best meet the needs of millennial employees and really understand them and to really understand the differences of um, this group versus previous generations. And obviously the idea is that um, doing this well will enable an organization to retain their talent and ultimately continue to grow and build. And, you know, I've experienced this challenge in running my own small business of, you know, people um, staying for a short time and moving on. Um, I know that large businesses, uh, many of my client businesses, are really thinking hard about how to retain this generation in the workplace. And, you know, the reputation out there sometimes is that millennials are kind of um, fickle or flighty, that they'll do a short stint and then move on and um, sort of, you know, not not develop a sense of loyalty or long-term commitment to an organization. So, I wanted to, to ask you two questions related to that. The first is, how do you, in light of the study that you've done, think about retaining this generation in the workplace? Oh, I thought you were going to give me both questions at once. I was going to have to write it down, Kate. <laughs> no, I decided not to do it. Spare you that, Anne. <laughs> yeah, thank you for this old brain this morning. But, um, yeah, so retention, you know, I don't think, I don't, I wouldn't describe millennials as flighty. And I know that that is the theory out there. What I would say is that millennials are out for opportunity. And as well, they should be, again, parenting some millennials. Um, I want them to get opportunities. So millennials are just not afraid. So, you know, I find them to be fiercely loyal. But when they think that there's an opportunity to, to further their career, to learn more, they're very curious to learn more, to try something new. If, if our firm or if their company doesn't provide it, then they're not afraid to move on. And I don't think that necessarily speaks to loyalty. I think it speaks to, you know, the whole world is my oyster, right? This is a group of people who always had the Internet, who always had, well, who for the most of their life that they can remember, let's say, had the world open to them. So there's no, their, their brain just doesn't work such that I, I can't do that. I need to stay here. And so what we're trying to do in our organization, and I think organizations have to try, is to provide the opportunity within your walls. So, you know, and, and turnover is sort of part of the way we work. I mean, we, people come to professional services firms and then they go elsewhere. And what our whole goal is to get people to come to, to our firm to have a great experience and to either stay with our firm or to then move on thinking very highly of our firm. That's sort of our strategy and our, the way we think about it. But the way that we can keep them is, first of all, create an environment that feels a lot more flexible and new and, you know, kind of hip, on PwC hip, right? But also provide opportunity within, within our organization so that when they feel like they're ready to go out and try something new and learn something new, that they can do it in PwC and don't have to go outside of PwC. I, that's helpful. Thank you. Um, I wonder about this idea of uh, that you just touched on, which is really my second question, which is, you know, this uh, helping millennials realize their potential. And, you know, if the key here to retaining people is to be be there ready with the next opportunity when when the, your employee is ready to have it um how does this translate into a, a i want to call i guess a talent development strategy 
Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think from a talent development perspective, we have to, we just can't put people in boxes, right? We've got to try to create an environment that allows them, again, to try new things and, and sort of puts the onus on us as an organization to help them develop new skills. Because if they don't do it here, meaning here at PwC, they're going to go somewhere else to do it. So you got a choice. And, and turnover is very expensive. One of the things we do within our own four walls of, of PwC is we have a calculation for turnover, as I'm sure many organizations do. But again, being the data-hungry people that we are, I like to be able to tell our partners, hey, it costs you X when someone walks out the door. So we can either do Y and try to keep them and teach them this new thing or let them transfer to this new unit or do whatever the thing is we want to do, or we can lose them anyway. So if you want to get down to the bottom line, you know, it it becomes very clear what your two choices are. So I think from a development perspective, it's really thinking about sort of the cost to develop someone, the cost to give them new opportunities versus the cost of them walking out the door. And and, I, and what what you're what's implicit I think in what you're saying is okay wake up everybody we don't have a choice about this this generation is here this is how they think and operate um, y- you know it's not this isn't the moment to you know roll our eyes and say oh well, how frustrating you know this, what's the matter with these people we actually well, <laughs> need oh, to get get with this exactly and so. Save your eye rolling for when you go to drinks with your friends, right? But (laughs) you got to hide your eye rolling because there's 80 million millennial workers in the U.S., just the U.S. (laughs) So if this is who we have, smart business leader, this is your, uh, this is your inventory of worker, then you got a choice. And if I were you, I wouldn't be eye-rolling. I would be thinking, hmm, how do I get this guy to be happy in my organization? How do I, how do I switch things? And what are the easy switches? I don't actually think this is wholesale change. I think this is attitudinal change, environmental change that can be done relatively easily, assuming you can get the, you know, your management, your managers of people to see the light. And that's why I think I hate to go back to the study, and I apologize for being a shameless uh, self-promoter, but that's why this study helps. It gives you data to say, hey, team, I roll amongst yourselves, but get out there and make, and make the change because it's going to make business sense to do so. Mm. Clearly stated. You know, we have, of course, just two minutes. It seems to be the case with this show that our breaks are um, coming quickly here, but I, I want to... Um, I want to ask you if you can, in brief, share with us what you see when you look to the future in terms of, you know, it's a really a vision question. As you look out 15 or 20 years when this generation is leading us all, and what do you see? Well, I'll tell you what I hope, because I, if I could see it, I'd probably make a lot more money than I make today, right, Kate? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what I hope is that we get to a situation where everyone creates their own relationship with their employer. Okay, now, I know that's crazy talk. But what if we got to a point where, you know, whatever, whether you're in a large, you know, very structured organization or you're working for a small consultancy, 
You decide what works with your life. You decide how much you want to work and therefore how much you know, reward you get for that. By the way, I'm not, imp- I'm not implying at all that you can work less and make the same amount. It, that's not the way it works. And in fact, we tested that in the study. Um, so I'm, I'm suggesting that you, you have to uh, take the consequences of your decisions. But what if everyone got to pick sort of what work meant, what work meant to them and what, um, you know, what that relationship felt like, then everyone ends up happy because you're choosing your own lot. But businesses are going to have to provide that opportunity. And so that's a vision that I see that will be, I think, tough to accomplish, but I think it's going to be required. Thank you so much, Ann Donovan. Ann is the Transformation Leader for Human Capital at PwC in L.A., and we'll be right back after this break to talk with her just a bit more on Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm your host, Kate Ebner, and we'll be back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word Talk Radio to 96362. listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Good morning and welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm today's guest host, Rachel Wold, and along with Kate Ebner, I've been enjoying our conversation with Ann Donovan of PricewaterhouseCoopers about the changing workplace and what the millennial generation is bringing to work and career. 
Uh, and, you know, I understand that you have two millennials actually at home with you, and those are your two daughters. Um, so can you share with us, how does being a parent of millennials shape your perspective on how they are at work, you know? Does it help you understand at all, like, oh, that's why he responded that way, or that's why she's asking for that? <laughs> well, I will tell you one thing. It keeps me on my toes. <laughs> uh, I have twin girls at home, and I also actually have a stepson who works with uh, my firm, so he, so I get I get my uh, unfettered advice from my girls, and then I get sort of my inside scoop from my my son. Uh, but yeah, great. it keeps me on my toes. Boy, I made a comment the other day about hashtags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was uh, dressed down, let's just say, by one of my girls because I think I asked the question, "Well, <laughs> how do you get a hashtag?" Thinking it was something you had to, uh, it was apparently the dumbest question ever asked on earth. And so they keep it very real for me, Rachel, and they're very direct in their feedback. <laughs> yeah, so they obviously have a different perspective on technology. And oh, my gosh. not afraid um, where maybe a millennial at work wouldn't necessarily tell their manager, why don't you know what a hashtag is? Exactly. Obviously not afraid to tell mom. <laughs> well, that's great. You know, and... I've only been in the workplace a couple of years, as Kate mentioned. I'm in my mid-20s, so obviously I don't have all of the years of experience of navigating the office environment that a Gen Xer or a baby boomer might have. So if you were going to give a millennial like me some piece of advice about the workplace or career or maybe even tell, tell us millennials something that you wish we knew, what would you say to us? Oh, Rachel, what an opportunity. Um, and I do tell my son this frequently because I see him, uh, you know, struggle with it. I would say uh, patience is my, my big word. And it's not what you have. It's not what comes naturally. Um, but if I could give you any advice at all, it's not patience for 10 years. It's not patience for five years. But do try to see to step back from the situation. And, and if something is you know, irritating or doesn't seem, you know, like it's an opportunity or, you know, you're bored or whatever. Life has so many ups and downs. And when you're at my side of it, you can see it. And when you're at your side of it, you just cannot. So I would say try to be patient and try to see the longer term. And it's tough, but that that would be my best advice to you. Well, thank you for that. I, I definitely agree that you know, when you're down in the muck, it can be hard to see the 50,000-level foot view. But um, I'm hearing you say to have patience and to just step back, know that life has ups and downs, uh, and sort of take, try to take the long view when you're thinking about your next steps. Is Please. Please. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Um, well, we have a few minutes more left in this show, and so I'm actually going to turn it over back to Kate Ebner. Kate, would you like to ask Anne your couple, last couple of questions? Sure, Rachel, I'd love to, and I really enjoyed the conversation that you both just had. Um, and uh, I, want to, I want to say, Anne, that um, the more I have learned about the workplace from the perspective of generational change, the more excited I get thinking about not only the future but also the present and the opportunity that we really have to learn from the millennial generation and also to share what we know Um, like you just did with Rachel. So I think that this is a, I I hope for people who are listening that you are beginning to see opportunity and possibility versus problem and challenge, which is often how I think these topics are framed. So I want to kind of go to the 
to, to the end here, um, Anne, with uh, that listener in mind. And I'm wondering if there's somebody out there listening who's thinking, boy, we've really got to get on top of this set of issues. We really need to begin to take this in and stop resisting and maybe really begin to embrace the inevitable here. What do you think would be a good starting point for creating the kind of openness and change that will meet this generation and hopefully attract and retain them? Yeah, great, Kate, great question. So, yeah, I think you said the first thing I would say is stop resisting, right? So (laughs) save your eye rolling for the privacy of your own home. Um, Recognize that this generation is big, really smart, has a lot of access um, to to information, to data, to research in a way that that you may not know how to do. Um, Recognize that they do not have patience. And, and I think that that's probably been the same for many generations. But, you know, they're here and they, again, have had the world available to them. There, there isn't a question that doesn't get answered in my house because someone looks it up, right? So know that they, they do have access. And what you, what you don't tell them, they're going to get out there and either find on their own or and, and the information they find may be good information or not. So we've actually taken this concept of transparency to heart to say, I'd rather tell our people what I want, you know, what what the real truth is, what the story is, whether it's about compensation ranges or whatever it is. Uh, We want to tell them. We want to feed them the information because we don't want them out there trying to figure it out on their own. So transparency is a big deal. Resistance. Stop the resistance. Stop the eye rolling. And then I think talking about it is the first step. So we spent we spend a lot of time talking about whether it was generational um, attitudes, flexibility, right to, from the top down. Our our uh, senior partner Bob Moritz started discussing flexibility. He started stressing the importance of it. He started talking to his partners about it. And when the and so if we could light if we could get the top talking about the things we wanted them to talk about and uttering the words and saying things are important, the bottom will get lit on fire. Those millennials, once they get permission, they're off and running. So I think you've got to open the date, open the, the gates, open the door at the top by, by the discussion. And, and even if you say as an organization, we know we have an issue, we don't exactly know what the solution is, but we want you all to know we're listening and we know there's an issue, that is a big deal. And the, and the millennials will take it and run with it. That's, that's what we have found, at least. That is a great perspective. And, you know, I hope, um, you know, I, I, I want to turn now to, in the, just the remaining moment we have, to ask you resources and how to follow along with your work. So I imagine there's somebody out there thinking, okay, I get it. I need to bring this to the attention of my senior leadership. We need to open the conversation what can they take with them into that conversation? Is the PwC study available? What What do you recommend as a starting point in terms yes, of resources? Definitely. Well, there's you know a million things out there on millennials. What I like about this, so use everything that's out there. But when they see the study, they're going. It, you know, it's a highly credible, highly valuable organization that has this study available to you. You know, use it. Take it, and, and Rachel and Kate, I'll, I'll rely on you to, it's going to be in your newsletter, so I would say sign up for the newsletter. Um, but get the study, print it out, 
use that data. It's really important. Um, I can be followed on Twitter at Millennial Expert, which is in my bio and your newsletter as well. So I would encourage you to, to follow along. I make you know comments. I'll also tell you what's going on in my kids' life. You know, just so you, I keep it real with respect to the millennials. Um, but but don't be afraid to talk about this in your organization. It is very important, and it is the bottom line. So this is not soft stuff. This is absolutely something you can take directly to your bottom line, and that is how you engage your millennials. You know, and thank you so much. It's been delightful to talk with you today, and I have enjoyed um, sharing this conversation with you, Rachel. So I just want to say a heartfelt thank you for um, your not just your knowledge, but also your wisdom. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. And for, those, and for those who'd like to follow along, as Anne suggested, go to nebocompany.com, sign up for our newsletter. We'll write an article about this show, and we'll also link to the PwC study, and we'll enter Anne's blog and help you get set up so that you can become part of this conversation. My guest today, Anne Donovan from PwC, talking about the Next Gen study and helping us see the possibilities. This is Kate Ebner, and you've been listening to Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life. Thank you for joining us. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 